And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Rebel. Vicious. But brilliant. You're with it. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again. The magic man has come up with another trick. Well, there's a chance to seal it. It's done. It's Georgie Kelly. It's going well. It's a good start. Mick late with the buttons as always. Timing yeah. off. Uh, Mick's already in national mode. He's already in the window for the international break. He's already standard slip. Uh, thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, New York Talk, this is the Rodney Night Podcast. Um, you can tell we're out from the league. We're a bit giddy, a bit jolly. Um, it's fun. Uh, Mick, thank you for joining us. Hello, Michael. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Wonderful. Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. Danny, nice to see you. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Nice to see you all again. Absolutely. Um, so we've got to cover the... Well, there's only one game to cover. We'll talk about the Middlesbrough. Nil-nil draw. We all, me and Mick went to see the Rugby United uh, women's team today. Made their home bow. Home league bow of the season. Words of that effect. We will talk about that as well. You may even get a very brief Mick ref rant on this one. I don't think it's too much. Oh dear. We'll come on to that. Um, so Danny, if I'd have told you well, how many weeks ago? 30th of 30th of July, we're going into the international break on eight points with only one defeat, five clean sheets. There's no way you'd have believed me, is there? <laughs> I, I mean Five clean sheets, that is for sure. Um, but even just having one loss, it's like, wow, we have played very well yeah. in our um, opening little segment of this season, haven't we? Um, all for it as well. I think if you'd have told me it before we played Swansea, I'd be like, right, um, just tell me whatever it is you've been smoking, because I'd like some as well. Um, but yeah, it's... It's great. It's great that we've only lost one game. And if you condense it down even further, even further, we've only really played forty-five between forty-five and sixty minutes of bad football mm. in those in those games. And we've only really 
um, played it horribly for 45 minutes, which we considered three goals. But <coughs> can't really complain being, what we now? Eighth in the league? Yeah. Eighth? Yep, eighth. Yeah. I, I can't remember. I get dizzy when I think about how high <laughs> we are in the league. But yeah, it's great. It's great being a Miller at the minute. Yeah, it is. And we've been here before, Mick. You go back to two, it's a long time ago, you go back to 2002 when we had that when the amazing start under Ronnie Moore. I think we were fifth at this stage, something like that. So it's not record breaking, but it's still, it's almost unheard of. It's, it's, you know, people like Danny and Ben, who's not with us tonight, have never seen days like this before. And that's sort no. of level nine games in. But at the same time, you've, we said this every week, and I, I do really mean it. Just try and enjoy these moments because it won't last forever, will it? No, it won't. Absolutely, you know the season's a long one, and you, you don't know where it, you don't know where it's going to go, do you? Uh, so, yeah, absolutely enjoy it while you can, uh, because it may not last. It may last. Who knows? Mm. Um, there are a lot of differences between this squad and, and any of the others that we've had at this level. To be fair, um, but the bottom line is we're we're eighth in championship, mate. Going into an international break, fourteen points, one game, one defeat. All season, um, it's it's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. So enjoy it. I am. Yeah, I suppose that there is caveats to it. So we sit for fourteen points, one point off the playoff places with a game in hand. We are only four points off the relegation zone. Yes, we have a game in hand on that, but it, we are, we normally say nine or ten games. The league starts to take shape. I'm not convinced the league has taken its shape, and that's not sort of giving. That's not. I'm not trying to play us down there. But there's so many teams that are just not going to gear. West Middlesbrough are not going to be down there all season. I think West Brom are a fourth run bottom. They're not going to finish fourth run bottom. The league still hasn't taken shape, probably, for everybody. We'll see. We will see. Hmm. Um, we like getting giddy. We've got a few people with us. <laughs> Gavin Gundy's with us. Baza's with us. Phil Lawrenson, Michael Oates, Adam Coward, YouTube user Neil Liversage. There's got Steve Gundy, Paul Brock. Thank you, everybody, who is joining us. Jamie points out, evening all, eight at the international break is madness. Yes, it is. Brian Vernon, uh, professional job last night, boys. Not pretty, but we are eight and we'll take that every day of the week. Labrabone played very well. And Brian, you okay with a bit of a stat? We've only played a fifth of our games. If we average the same points for the rest of the season, we will get 75 points, which, as we mentioned in the last episode, 75 points is the average for a playoff spot. Um, we will probably come on to the fixtures just after the international break. So they said on commentary last night, Danny, obviously you were at the game, but they said on the commentary something along the lines of by the end of October, we'll have a better idea where Rotherham are going to be when they played some of the better teams. But, I mean, there's, it, it, t- tell me the best team. We've got Sheffield United and maybe... Norwich and Burnley. There are only three teams out of the 24. You, yeah. We've played 19, against nine teams and we've been okay and fairly comfortable other than the Sunderland game. I think that comment does us a disservice, actually, yeah. because you look at how well some teams have actually been played and how well they've played against other teams that aren't us. Reading, for example. Yeah. Right. I don't know if we caught Reading on a bad day, but they were absolutely pony against us. I think the only team that was probably worse was Blackpool in terms of actually playing football. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I think it does, does a, dis- a disservice. Like I know like Burnley are up there as well. Norwich have, have now got into gear and are doing really well. Sheffield United, I think we all knew we were going to do very well at this level. 
But again, teams like Reading, um, QPR, Preston, they have been doing very well so far and mm. are maybe higher up than the stereotype says they should be. But again, we've played really well against them as well. You know, Preston may be the only exception because it was a bit shaky at times and we were able to look. But it's not like we've just got lucky with results. You know, it's not like it's just been, you know, like um, a headed goal from a set piece every mm. single time. We've won 1-0 every single time. We have really put teams to the sword, mainly Reading, Birmingham and Blackpool. And we've only lost once against a promotion rival, that uh, a promotion um, a fellow promotion winning side from last season that have spent a fair bit of money because they are able to do that and they've vastly improved their squad, which I'm not really too fussed out because if you're capable to do it, you're going to do it, aren't you? Mm. And even then, we gave them a game for 45 minutes and then, I don't know, someone found an extra gear and we switched off and then absolute calamity at the back. But again, we've not really got lucky with results. We've ground out some results like um, that we did against Middlesbrough. That was a definite grinding out of a result. Um, And we've definitely shown that we're not to be messed with in this division. And even Chris Wilder has said, Rotherham aren't here by mistake. So he's actually gone against what Sky have said. But we all know that Sky do not like the little teams doing well. And unfortunately, we are the little team this season. We're like, oh, we'll find out in October how they're actually doing and this, that and other. And it's like, don't be sure, sure lads. You know, I don't nail my colours to the mask just yet. But well, we will be run, one of the surprises, I think. Just running through the October fix, we'll come on to the Mills again in detail. To be honest with you, there's not much to cover from the Mills again because nothing happened. But we'll cover it as much as we can. But just to break down the October fixtures, and I'll go through them all, and then you can tell me which one of those is not winnable. And the other teams will think this as well, the teams we're facing. Our October fixtures, we have eight fixtures, which is a lot of fixtures in one month anyway. Mm. We've got Wigan, Millwall, Blackburn, Huddersfield, Stoke, Hull, Coventry, and Cardiff. Now tell me which one of those is not winnable. And like I said, those teams will think the exact same, Mick. Mm. There are, if, if... in an ideal world, we could win all eight. We're not going to, obviously. But we could win half of those games, and that wouldn't be a surprise based on how we start. No, it wouldn't, absolutely. I mean, you, you, this division is the same as it's always been. You've got three, two, two maybe three teams who are um, ahead of everyone else. And, and with, I, I can't think of a better word, so I'm going to use it a term, but I'm going to use it anyway. Everybody else is an also run. Everybody else is pretty much of a muchness, mm. you know. Um, so, so yeah, they're all winnable games. I, I accept fully that everybody else will be saying the same thing, you know. Yeah. Um, but the reason why we're saying it and everybody else is saying it is because it's true. They are winnable games, you know. Um, so we just have to, it, without wanting to revert to football manager cliches, it's one game at a time, isn't it? But it is. Yeah. Certainly, from our our point of view, um, it's about maintaining that level that we've set, which is which is very very high in terms of when we've been here before. Uh, the performances, particularly defensively, mm. with the exception of the Sunderland game, have, have been absolutely outstanding. You know, we've been rock solid. So, and and the points total, the the win loss total, uh, and the goals conceded total show you that. I think we've conceded the third least goals in this division. Um, 
one the ones above us are Sheffield United who are top of the league and Preston who failed to score and failed to concede for about 16 years I think um, <laughs> so so with the exception of that it's us next um, mm. I, I don't I won't get too worried about Sky and 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 all the media of any kind um, the media and Sky are not in the business of fairness they're in the business of making mm. money and getting clicks so they are going to um, they're going to fall down on the on the t- sides the clubs with the biggest fan base because it means they get more money they get more clicks that's what that's that's how they're going to operate mm. um, so it's great for us you know we just fly under radar and, and upset a few people happy days it's great love it love it yeah absolutely um, John Rail points out I think October is a big month where everybody has eight games so it's a test of squad. Uh, which for flags of us and us and Birmingham may well struggle. Yeah, everybody's going to be saying the same. Keep, keep everybody fit, and we'll be good to go. Uh, the key to the, the key to that, though, um, from our point of view, and we've said this on a number of podcasts now, we don't have a massive strength in depth. We don't uh, much, as, as John's alluded to, there. except in defence. However, in defence, we do. Mm. In defence, at the moment, you know, we can swap out any two or three players for another two or three players of the same level, of the same quality. Um, and, and that, I think, is going to be the vital part. That's the thing, really, from our point of view, particularly coming up with a run of games like this, mm. that, that, that is going to stand us in better stead than, than a lot of other clubs. I might be wrong, but that's that's that, that's that's my view. Yeah, I get it. Um, Cheryl Stone says, very disrespectful. Sky meets me towards us last night. Even Sol Bamba. Mentioned it on the Twitter space last night. Saul Bamba rolling out beating teams like that at home. Um, <laughs> I mean, hey, I love you. When the sky literally saying it, I don't know what I don't know what you meant to do. First, <laughs> I, 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 I reckon um, at New York Stadium or at least at Roundwood, we sh- they should have a big jar like one of them big Coke bottles, <laughs> and every time someone sees a team like Rotherham thing, they chuck a quid in it. And see how much money they've got to end at month, and then if we win the final game of the month, that money's used to buy a pizza for the team. You built that more than pizzas, I think. Yeah, <laughs> built in the Vegas again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and end at season, you know, you you open the bottle, see how much money you've got, and then you can all either spend it on your end of season do, or even give it to the hospice and go. This is how much all the teams in the country have contributed to you this season. <laughs> By saying we're the underdogs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the game itself. Like, there's not honestly not much to talk about from the game. It was, uh, we, we had the discussion earlier, Mick, while, while we were at the women's game. People on Twitter and everything called it a rubbish game. And it's called, they said rubbish game because nothing happened. Hmm. I don't think it was particularly low on quality. I thought it, it, both teams did okay. The, the only player that stood out was Duncan Watmore for them, who I thought was excellent. And when he came off, I was baffled. Um, but, yeah, it's not pretty. But we've got to play away from home. We've got to play like that, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it depends, doesn't it? It's a cheap shot, isn't it, really? Say it were a, it were a crap game. You can you can sell that because Middlesbrough aren't doing very well and Rotherham are Rotherham. So it's going to be a crap game if it's 15, 15 all. Um, whatever. You know, we've got a vested interest in this, I've, I've, as have the Middlesbrough supporters. And when you're watching your own team, then you, you see it differently. Um, you see it through different eyes. 
And I'm sure that if I, if that game last night would have been, I don't know, Luton against Millwall, I would have probably said the same thing. Yeah, it was crap. Mm. In that, I wasn't entertained because I'm watching Luton versus Millwall or whoever else just to see goals. That's, that's mm. the only reason I'm watching it. Um, so, yeah, maybe maybe from that point of view, it was a crap game. But I, I, I don't think it was, personally. I don't think it lacked quality particularly, with the exception of chance creation or chance conversion. I think that's the only place that the quality was lacking. I thought mm. defensively both sides were pretty well, really solid to be honest. Um, certainly in that first half, I, we, obviously, like you saw, we mentioned it, we talked about it today. We, we talked about it with Ben, and Ben mentioned the fact that he felt that Middlesbrough, had, their game plan in that first half was to just sit off us, sit back, and and, and allow us the ball. Um, and, and there certainly were periods during that first half where I. I'm thinking, well, I'm not really watching. We can't be rothering in, in white here because we're keeping all that ball and we're playing, playing some nice, nice intricate passes and, and mm. you know, just playing a bit of possession football. That's because they allowed us to do that. But it weren't, it weren't like inequality particularly. It, obviously, mm. it weren't a, a Premier League standard game, but I, I were all right. We were all right. We weren't bad. No. Scotty Price says he thought the first half would, would play well in the first half. Not great in the second. Happy with the point. He still thinks he needs some more firepower power, power up front, especially away from home. Yeah, Danny, what was your general gist on the game? Is, is that Scotty's assessment there basically correct? Um, yeah, I think so. I think um, first half, like you say, Middlesbrough did sit off us and allowed us the ball and we did play some good, very good football at times. Yeah. Um, but I think the second half, we sort of came under pressure when Warney took Washington off and brought on Scott High. Yeah. And we were saying to everybody, why has he took off a, a striker for a midfielder? And, you know, Chia was sort of up front on his own and he sort of had Wiles in behind him playing the role that Matt Crooks used to play with, mm. with Michael Smith. And it were a bit... I would have took off Georgie Kelly because at that point in time, it was crying out for effectively a bulldozer of an attacker like Washington was, was doing all right. Whenever he backed into the defender, the defender was always too strong for him. You needed someone who get in and, and get really meaty challenges um, going both from himself and sort of ride them himself as well. And I thought it was crying out for Georgie Kelly to come on, but he mm. came on far too late for me. I thought he should have come on earlier and really tried to, you know, pull open their defence a little bit. Because if you've got Georgie doing that job and Chio can run off him, into the space, get the ball and potentially have a, have a chance. Um, but I thought Warney brought on, you know, we, we, like, to, we like to criticise Warney from time to time, especially with his substitutes. We're often fans, that's what we do. Yep. We like to criticise substitutes. <laughs> I thought he brought on too many midfielders too quickly. I would have liked to have seen a midfielder and then bringing a, a striker on to shake up up front a little bit. And then I understand McCart coming on later in the game to show up the defence a little bit. But I don't, I don't know, I just thought Georgie should have or even Tom Eaves to, um, to give a bit more of an aerial threat. But then again, with the whole Tom Eaves thing, the referee blew every single time we had a set piece. He saw something in the box, I yeah. do not know. But every time the ball went above seven feet in the air for us, he blew his whistle for something. Why, I don't know. So maybe George was the better option overall, but for me, he should have come on about 60 minutes rather than needed to come on about 82, something like that. Um, yeah, so that's that's my two two p on it. I can I can tell you now why the referee were blowing 
uh, Danny. It's it's absolutely. I mean, you won't be aware of this, but um, uh, come sort of eighty two eighty three minutes, my wife said to me, "This referee's been all right. He's he's, he's been pretty fair all the way through the game." And from that moment on, literally from that moment on, he just blew for everything. So that's why he was blowing. Yeah. <laughs> also, this this didn't, it does didn't impact the game, but he put at the end of the game he put four minutes of injury time. Now Matt Crooks was down injured. Well, I've got I've got a point about that. I mean, if you want to go on about referees ran, referee ranting, I've got one for you there. But go on, carry on. Well, I was going to say that, that Matt Crooks was down in. It went down before the ninety, and then in then he got up on around ninety one minutes. Bear in mind the referee put four minutes on. The referee blew on ninety three minutes and fifty two seconds. Mm-hmm. So not only we lost a minute, at least at least a minute and a half we lost of injury time. Oh, we he just couldn't wait to get out of there, could he? So that's why I was so that, surprised he blew early. We yeah. didn't. We didn't lose that time. We didn't lose that time because in the first half, I can't remember they put two or three minutes. I think it was two minutes. Two, yeah. Mm. Right. Um, and at ninety-two minutes and forty seconds, they're taking their second corner. So he's played at least forty seconds, probably fifty seconds extra in that first half while they're taking corners. Then when it gets cleared, it's off. 15, 10, 15 seconds before the before the end of injury time, when we're about to launch another one into the box, mm. it blows up early. Um, so I, I, there's no conspiracy, obviously. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, a bit poor that. I yeah, well. yeah. Um, let's talk about some solutions, Mick, because Scott High is Scott High came on the Scott High came on on the hour mark. He is the most, the second most substituted player so far this season in the championship, with eight appearances off the bench. Didn't really work, and I agree with Danny. I don't really, I didn't really get it. And I know he was trying to, I think he's trying to short the midfield, uh, which didn't work. Bringing Scott Iron didn't help that. I, I don't know why you're trying to short the midfield with Scott High when you've got Jimmy Lindsay sat on the bench. I, I don't get it. And, and um, I, I think he tried to rectify that with his second change, which yeah. is why he brought Lindsay. Yeah, on. he did. Uh, but he took all the Rathbun off, and I thought Rathbun had a good game. Um, go on, Mick. I, I, you, you will defend Scott High and Paul Warren, I suspect. But I, I'm with Danny. I don't. That should have been Georgia Kelly or Tom Eaves at that point to give us something to help hold the ball a bit more. I, I didn't. I didn't understand why he, why he brought Scott High on and, and, and taken off a striker for it. It just it seemed a bit peculiar. I, I saw obviously we, we, we get the camera zooming in and then. And uh, the, the substitute went to come on, and I, I just assumed that there was another one to come with it. Um, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. I, I, clearly, they they had some sort of idea as to what they wanted to do. Whether it was right, we've got a point with twenty minutes to go, or whatever. Let's 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 try and shore up a little bit and and make sure that we hang on to it. And then I don't know. Um, but one one thing I I don't know whether I've noticed it or not. It seems to me that. The first round of substitutions that, that Warney tends to make is, is, is done to pave the way for the next couple, um, you know. And you know he'll bring he'll he'll make one change and we might have a change of formation for a few minutes and then the next lot of substitutions, the formation changes back and and, and we've got the right players in the right place. Um, Scott High for me is is he, he's learning his trade into, you know. Mm. Um, so it's a difficult one. He's, he needs to get some some match time, but yeah, it, just a strange one. I didn't I didn't really get it, and I've not really said anything at all there ever. But, you just yeah. agreed with me and Danny, which is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have just said I agree with you. Yeah, that, that, that saved just that saved two minutes of everybody's life, wasn't it? 
would. Yeah, sorry. Apologies. Yeah, yeah fine. Uh, a couple of individual, a couple of mentions, Danny. Um, Victor with that save in the second half from the goal. I'm, I'm still not sure how that shot didn't go in from what I know Victor got his hand on it. But for just a roll across the line, basically, I was just convinced. Well, actually, I was convinced it were in. Um, and that's just shows the bravery of Victor that you could question his position to start with, but his recovery and his bravery just to throw himself at the feet of an, an attacker was, was excellent and to stop the goal. He was like, speak for yourself. Everybody in the stadium was convinced that had gone in, <laughs> and so included a way in, but then we just saw, like, wait a minute, everybody's carrying on. Middlesbrough fans in their like ultras section were still celebrating, and it's like. Please carry on what you want about. But honestly, we were all having conversation like, "How was? Oh, how on earth did that yeah. not cross the line?" Like we, we were getting, well, I was getting PTSD about uh, what happened. We all just feel how um, the goal thing wasn't working, so that's why yeah. their goal didn't get given. It's like, what the hell has this happened to us? But now um, it just didn't cross the line. I mean, yeah, you mentioned Victor's positioning. Yeah, it wasn't quite positioned as you'd expect to begin with. But what a recovery! Mm. You know what recovery from that to get his hand to it and and for the ball and yeah a bit of luck that the ball didn't actually cross the line um, but great recovery from Victor and if, he's definitely earned himself some sort of alcoholic beverage after making, pulling off that <laughs> clean sheet whether it's um, a low alcohol one we'll leave that up to him but fantastic save in the end wasn't it. Yeah, it's international break. He can, I, I'm sure he can have a couple. I'm sure that's fine during internationals. Mm. Just not with um, his dad, or else still still be in in a state when he comes back to training. Shellstone <laughs> 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 uh, says that bit, that was our bit of luck last night. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, Woody did his best. Uh, Woody was brilliant last night, Mick. But there was just that one moment weren't there, where Woody <laughs> yeah. just calamitously fell over <laughs> for no apparent reason. Um, yeah, yeah. We can laugh at it now. I had that going in. We, we wouldn't be laughing as much as we are, but it was yeah. just hilarious. I think the IOC <laughs> tweeted about the fact that it, is it another TikTok uh, celebration that, he, <laughs> that, he, that he'd done? But yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it was a bit of a worry. Uh, and to be fair, um, how, why, what more um, decided they were going to side foot that was just beyond me. Um, he could have buried that had he tried any other method other than side footing it, which was always going to shove it straight over the top. But uh, to be fair, his effort was straight at Victor. So had it been on target, mm. it wouldn't have gone in anyway, um, unless he, unless he caught it with some uh, some some real pace. So uh, we, we, yeah, we got away with it. We got away with it, and like you said, we got away with it with a brilliant save from from Victor at Watmore's feet as well. So um, real surprise to see him go off. Um, yeah. A bit of a strange substitution that it was their most dangerous player. Well, really? well, wasn't it? Country mm. mile, uh, an absolute country mile. What more, what more was their number eighteen? Wasn't it? Mm, yeah, yeah. I was very surprised he went off. Um, like I say, Mickey, one of their better players um, mm. on, on the pitch in his time. It's like, wow, he must have done something for them to take off their best performer. You know, he mm. was the only one that was ever going to break the deadlock for him. Yeah. For me. Mm. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, Tobias is with us. Hey. Uh, Joyce, you'll be, thank, you for, thank you for being with us, Tobias. <laughs> Great to have you on board. Um, John Melbourne fan says, I thought your best player was by far was Barlas. Very comfortable in there. Uh, Sky reported he is out of contract, so there will be plenty of takers in there. Yeah, there was 
probably talks. I imagine the international break is a good time for talks to start mm. on a contract extension. Um, we'll report on that when we have anything to report on it. At the minute, there isn't anything to say. The, the only thing that has been said on it is that Barca is keen for talks to start. So, um, I don't know. He must be keen to stay if he wants talks to get going sooner rather than later, uh, which mm. is a good sign. Yeah, 100%. Brian, Brian Vernon, what more can we say about ah, what more? Like it, Brian. <laughs> Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Um, I'll be completely honest, we've run out of things to talk about from the middle of the <laughs> <laughs> There's just nothing else. That, we've talked about the performances. Uh, Mick, I can ask you about Chio. Uh, Chio is the second most foul player in the Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't like it when Jack Grealish gets that stat and things like that. How do you feel about Chio being up there? I don't have a problem with it because I don't think he's anywhere close to uh, winning it. He went down softly a couple of times last night, to be fair. Um, yeah, maybe he did, actually. Maybe he did. Um, it, he's not even close to getting the number of fouls that, uh, that Grealish wins, in inverted commas. So, now uh, one. Uh, it doesn't seem to be happening quite so much now. That seems to have... Uh, seems to have been sort of fading out, fading out of the game a little bit. Um uh, the the only other point I would make, uh, and and I don't want to cause any any upset to to anybody, uh, I would argue that we should have had a penalty last night. Um, for me, um, the, the the ref booked a couple of players uh, for for dragging back. Um, one I can't I can't remember who the first one was. Was it, it was a, the borough captain, whatever his name was, um, and he dragged one of our midfielders back, you know, arm around the waist kind of thing. Uh, and dragged them back, got rightly got booked. Um, Cam Humphreys got rightly got booked for doing the same in the second half for, for dragging one of their players down. Um, and then in between that, Connor Washington ran into the box. Uh, exactly the same foul, exactly the same foul, uh, and it's not given, which which was disappointing. Um, it was disappointing for a couple of reasons whether the ref could see it or not I don't know but certainly the linesman could because yeah, he was looking right along the line there's only two players there and it was a clear drag back but you know it, it is what it is you know I'm not going to moan about it it's just the fact that I think we should have had one you um, so rarely see those given They're, they are so rarely given the, 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 the frustrating thing is that they're given elsewhere on the pitch as yeah. a matter of course and rightly so that, that's not an issue but you know, if they're given in the centre circle, they should be given in the 18-yard box as well. Uh, there's no question about it. And if you end up with five penalties in a game for it happening, so be it. Because in five or six games' time, you won't end up with any because people will learn and they'll stop doing it. But whenever they're allowed to get away with it, uh, it'll continue to happen. So, yeah. But other than that, I think um, I think. So- I think the referee had a decent game up until the last 10 minutes. Right. For me, it was all right. It was reasonably, with the exception of what I just mentioned there, it was it was reasonably consistent. Uh, it was certainly consistent for both sides. Uh, I don't think, you know, so it was just just the old one or two bits and pieces, but it's always going to happen in it, no matter who's yeah. doing it. So, Yeah. Uh, Cheryl Stone, I like this. She showed a tweet earlier saying, Arsenal central midfield, the best stats... The best stats for a midfield in the top five leagues in Europe with two goals and assists. So that means that Richard Wood must have the best stats in the top six <laughs> leagues in Europe with four goals and an assist. Yes, we will take that. Richard Wood currently the best defender in Europe. Yeah. Thank you very much. 
Um, and there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Let's talk about Paul Warren. Uh, NSW says Tony Stewart must tie Paul Warren down. Uh, to clarify all the rumours that have been floating around, if anybody's not seen this, I'm sure you have seen Paul Warren's interview, but we'll cover it off anyway. Paul Warren, in a roundabout way, said that Huddersfield have not come a knocking, which we all sort of knew anyway. Um... Danny, I've seen some people, more than one person actually, um, sort of not completely happy with Paul Warren's interview and not completely happy with Paul Warren's denial. Basically, it's unhappy that it wasn't a flat out, no, I'm not going anywhere, which it wasn't. It was in a roundabout way. In a roundabout way, he did say it, but he sort of said it and people, some people aren't happy about it. How did you feel about the first little denial he gave? And the second point is, do you think he will leave at some point in the season? Because he's gaining interest, apparently. Um. I haven't actually seen his his denial, um, but we know what Warren is like. He never really flat out denies something when you know, like he never he never flat out denied the initial mm. rumor that we were interested in Cole Stockton, like back when it first appeared. He never really flat out denied it until it yeah. started getting annoying how much we were getting linked with him, and then it became a flat out no. Um, and yeah, there has there has been interesting warning. I mean. The, the bookies don't have those um, those odds up for nothing. They don't just have the idea to go, oh, we'll put Paul Warren on the list. Mm. You know, there has been, obviously someone has said something like, oh, Paul Warren's name might be mentioned. Whether it's he's just on the list, but they're not looking directly at him. You know, it could be like sixth on the list and they're only looking at the first two, for example. Um, I think if we go down this season, which is still... And if at this point, then I think Warney will go because I think he will feel that he's taken the club as far as he can. However, from what we are doing so far this season and the start that we've had, I think Warney's looking at it and going, you know what? I might have finally cracked this. So mm-hmm. I can't see him leaving at any point during this season. His decision will be made in the next postseason, I think. Um and yeah, I, I honestly can't see him leaving. Like, why would he go to Huddersfield? It's a step down, technically, because it's not his squad. Um, he might not be backed as much as Tony backs him, um, because Huddersfield are very much a uh, we need the results now sort of team rather than we want the results next season. And when after you've built your squad, they want someone to come in and do it now and improve this season. Whereas with Warney, it's just like. He's slowly crafting it in crafting Rotherham into like his team, if you like. And it has taken him this long to do that. 
And I personally think he's just about to crack it. it. All we need is a good string of results, that first win away from home, and I think he will have cracked it. And that's what modern football is sort of missing, if you like. Like The best managers always get the praise when they've been in the job for a while. They've sort of crafted it and moulded it into their own baby, if you like. And you have managers who come in, do it very quickly, then it starts to get a bit rough and then they've gone. You know, uh, like with Chris Wilder at Sheffield United, he came in, did really well with it, got him to the Premier League, and as soon as it started going badly, it gone. Mm. Right? But one is—I don't think one is like that. Like John Morrell says, one is a, is a smart bloke. Um, it was very careful not to answer the question and avoid it completely. And then he says, it maybe a little bit of a worrying interview. But personally, the the sort of character that Warney is, he wouldn't deny it outright. He'd just say, just no, there's no interest at the minute. Mm. Yeah, I think that's more it. Mick. I, th- I think Dan's right. Ball one. Is sort of is is a bit of pessimist where he doesn't sort of rule anything out ever. Like the call stocks is a, is, a, is a really good example. He never, never wants to rule it out because if next week there becomes interest and something changes, if if he come out and said no, I don't want Huddersfield job, and then three weeks later we sack him and Huddersfield come in for him, well he's gone out on record and said he's not going to go to Huddersfield, and that doesn't play very well for the Huddersfield fans. I, I, that's that's an obviously an extreme example. Mm. But I suspect that's part of it. What's the point in denying it? Saying I'm never going to leave, never going to go there when worlds change. I don't think Paul Warren's going to go anywhere. I've no reason to think he will um, go anywhere. What were your general thoughts on it? My my idea is that I don't think Paul Warren will go anywhere else. Um, I, I think I think the stress of of, of the job uh, is, is is almost almost too much for him. Uh, and, and, and I think he's got himself to blame for that to a degree because of the commitment and the emotional commitment he puts into the job. Um, and and I, having, having got sort of listened to the, to, to, to the Moment of Truth podcasts and, and listening to how much he puts into these games, how difficult it is for him, um, I'd be really surprised if he went anywhere else that 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 be the first thing. I mean, from from a Huddersfield point of view, they've just sat the manager after nine games. Mm. I mean, does that really bode well for anybody? Anybody going in there that, that's going to be new to that club? It doesn't bode well for me as as, as an outsider. I wouldn't be looking and thinking, well, that's a decent career move. It's not. It's it's that 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 club at the moment is right for a. Uh, a destroying exit, isn't it? You know, go and get your money and sod off. That's 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 what Huddersfield would appear to be at the moment, and possibly likewise with Cardiff. It depends um, whether they're going to again commit to to giving a manager some time. Very few clubs are willing to do that. Uh, we've been lucky in that respect. In that respect, that we've had, you know, one has had a long period of time to build mm. um, a team, build a culture throughout the club, literally throughout the club. And that's what it takes to 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 for for a person of Warney's calibre to be able to be successful, in my view. And he's not the he's not a Neil Warnock. He's not going to come in and bring you immediate success mm. like like Warnock does. He's a completely different kind of bloke. Um and, and he's he's got a completely different ethos. So I think all the worry is that the fact that the odds have been coming in on in the bookies and everything else, but 
you know, you look at this this market. It's not it's not even it's not even up on Betfair where the serious punters get their uh, get their odds from. It's not even a market on there. So the 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 amount of money within it will be tiny. So if somebody puts fifty p each way on Paul Warren getting that job, it's it's going to bring odds in. Yeah. You know, um, so I, I I'd be amazed. I'd be hugely hugely disappointed in him as well um, for taking on a, a, a job like that. Because it's never ever going to be anything about anything other than well, it's not really about anything. He's not going to he's not going to get much money out of it because he ain't got any, um, and they're not going to give him the time. Mm. So it seems like a non-starter for me that one. Yeah, I agree. Um, Power UK is Paul Warren's Red Army. Yes, Paul Rockton, unless Norwich come a knocking, which is possible, but that's maybe another conversation we had for another day. Uh, Baza points out Huddersfield didn't work out for Danny Cowley. Was still, Danny Cowley was very successful at Lincoln, took, mm-hmm. the, took the jump to Huddersfield and it didn't work out because partially... They didn't give him time. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, look, he's, he's still here. The odds have gone out on Huddersfield 1. He will start the day at 10-1 to 1 for the Cardiff job. He's now gone out much further than 10-1. to 1. So there's no speculation linking to either job as things stand. There are going to be plenty more sackings between now and May. <laughs> uh, I don't think one of them, but there are going to be plenty more. So there will be more links. Uh, and the more successful we are, the more links he's going to get. And that's mm-hmm. that's a compliment to the job he's doing, that people are thinking, oh, well, what, what what can this guy do what he's doing there, here? Um, I hope it doesn't go. I, 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 think, I think the only two jobs that will really, really sell it for Paul Warren to leave Rotherham is Norwich in England, and that's it. <laughs> or, un, unless Norwich come in and say, right, we want you as our figurehead boyhood, boyhood club supporting Norwich City manager, that is the only thing that will let him move somewhere else. Because let's face it, his entire setup is in, well, technically Tickle, but it's in Rotherham. And I really, really can't see him uprooting everything and moving either to, to Huddersfield, which is a fair drive away uh, from his from his family, or even down to Cardiff, which is even further. You know, I know Richie Barker um, is based in Brighton, but he's made it work. Would Warney uproot his family or even his home life to go somewhere else when everything's here? I mean, his lads just signed in with um, his first professional deal with Rotherham, so that's his thing for the future. You know, so I really, really can't see him going anywhere else. At least for this season, with how we are doing at the minute. Yeah, I can see him leaving end of the season. Either way, I can see it, but we'll see how that happens. John so Morrell. For the time being, keep, keep your money in your bank accounts. Do not put any bets on. Don't be silly. Because by betting on it, you make it worse because then they obviously do. go better. <laughs> yeah, unless you want to start a rumour, then bet. Bet 10 yeah. Yeah. Uh John Morrell, Baggies fan, I know, would like, to, would, would like Paul to replace Bruce at West Brom. That could work. Grace Bentley disagrees with us. He thinks that Warney is too emotionally tied to Rotherham. And if Huddersfield came and knocking, he will go because he don't. He, Grace Bentley doesn't think that Paul Warren could take another relegation with the Millers. I thought he'd be taking another relegation with Huddersfield instead. But he's not as uh, right now. He's not emotionally attached to him. It's still another relegation on his CV, isn't it? But, yeah. but the question um, is, does he does he care about his CV? Is, it, is I, don't, it, I don't think he does. But he cares about the, he cares about the work that he does. And if yes. he went to another club, he would emotionally invest in, himself into that club because he yeah. would he would feel that it's his it's his job, you know. It's his, well, which it obviously it is. Um, you know, it, it's his responsibility, and 
and he takes that. That's how he seems to he, mm. he seems to work. So, I, I, yeah, listen, Don't know. none of us know, do we? No. Um, Jamie asks if one was ever to leave, what happens with the coaching staff? Would they all go with him? Ooh, that's a good that's question. an interesting one. Um, obviously, uh, hopefully, we'd have to worry about it anytime soon. But mm. there's a couple there that could could quite easily step into his shoes. I think. Yeah. I yeah, think this is this is just speculation. I think Richie Bark would go potentially to get a job further down south because if he's not yeah. if he's not a Rotherham United, what's he doing? At, you know, I don't think it works for being up here. I think Hamshaw's no reason to leave. I don't think Warrington's any reason to leave. I could see Hamshaw making the step up. To be honest, mm. yes, I agree. I think Richie. I don't even think Richie'd follow Warning to a new job. I think he'd go down south and pick mm. up a either an academy or one twenty three's coaching role if he wanted to. Um, with Carl Robinson. He worked with Carl Robinson for years, didn't he? So yeah. that's always an option. Anyway, yeah, that's another one. Aren't we? And, <laughs> um, and I think Hammy, because he, he he has put on record that his greatest regret is not playing for the Millers. Mm-hmm. So he's not, he'd naturally try and step up and be rather a manager, I reckon. But anyway, getting ready to Can I just refer you back to the very beginning of this podcast where we talked about being eighth in championship, 14 points, one game unbeaten all season. And here exactly. we are, 42 minutes later, talking about whether the manager's going to leave. Exactly. What, what sort we're of just, game is we're this? We're talking, talking about, about. We're talking it. Just talking about the it. It's not oh. a criticism. I'm just pointing out the, the kind of irony in this. You know, yeah. you've got West Bromwell mm-hmm. down there struggling with Steve Bruce. You've got Cardiff who sacked the manager because they're struggling. You've got Huddersfield who sacked the manager because they're struggling. We're not struggling at the moment. And and on all the signs... If you're a third party not emotionally connected to this club, all the signs suggest that we're not going to be struggling like some of these others are. Why would we be just wanting to discuss whether or not our manager is going to go or not? Yeah, it may, it may not. But from our point of view, I, I don't think it's anything we need to worry about for the time being. It, it's because, Mick, we've had, he's had one interview that people have looked far yeah. too much into after odds have appeared on a betting app saying, ooh, we're second favourite for Huddersfield. Well, it's, it's yeah, and I get that. I get all that. And, and you know, Warren has never been one for doing his media stuff anyway. He, he hates doing it. We know that. We know he can't stand doing it. Uh, and if, 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 if I got anything from that interview, the only thing I got was, for God's sake, will you stop talking and let me go? That, that, that was my, <laughs> yeah, I want to go home. He's already let old team go. And he's still yeah. here having to talk to people. You know, maybe we shouldn't be looking at it much deeper than that. I just want to get a phone. It's 10 o'clock on a Saturday night. I've got a two-hour drive home. Can you just leave me alone mm. now and let me go? Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Yeah, we should point out a ridiculous time for football to be on. Um, yeah. In this yeah. Oh, hopefully Sky have learned the lesson. Don't put football on at 8 o'clock on a Saturday night. It's not welcome. No, put Did Premier you- League on. Yeah, let their fans suffer. But well, did you hear the, season, so. uh, did you hear our fans uh, giving our two p about Sky Sports? Did that get picked up? <laughs> they never do when Sky shouts song about they make sure it's not on, don't they? Ah, uh, that's a shame. We'll probably give him Sky Sports grief at least three times during that <laughs> match. And what I will say is, you could very loudly hear the Robin fans. There were several times where you could definitely hear the Robin fans over the Borough fans, um, mm. which made me very proud. Very, very proud. I'm going to have to watch it back, see if I can hear myself, because i got one or two <laughs> chants going. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, NSW says, well said, Mick. Some sinister people are trying to manufacture and move the poor one. Possibly. Um, Millie Click says, I can't help but think the kick-off being so late helped make such a good atmosphere. 
<laughs> yes, yeah, so I, I wonder what liquid made that happen. <laughs> well, um, just on a couple of fixtures, we wanted to point out this out. We talked last time this week about Middlesbrough playing on Tuesday rather than playing on Wednesday. Second time it's happened so far this season. Um, the next time we play on a Wednesday, we play Blackburn on the following Saturday. Blackburn play on the Tuesday. Um, so, <laughs> so all three of our games so far, when we've played on a Wednesday, our opposition have played on a Tuesday. Um, when we play, when we when we have played following a Tuesday, the team we played on the Saturday played on Tuesday. Tuesday, correct? Yes. Mm. Um, which Paul Warren did right. we, we've been picked up on this before by people in the comments, sort of saying that that's nonsense. Paul Warren's picked up it himself. If Paul Warren's saying that it's not, he doesn't like it, then that's good enough for me to say that it shouldn't be happening. That is more than good enough. It shouldn't be happening. <laughs> you should be getting when it's such a short time. Short time. You should be getting the same rest. If it's seven or eight days, it doesn't make a difference. One team's getting two days rest, and the other team's getting an extra day rest. Mm. I, don't, I don't like it. I don't think it's fair. And I don't. I don't know why we're playing a Wednesday night anyway. Why the hell are we playing a Wednesday night? Other than for money reasons, it's stupid. I think John John mentioned it in the comments last time. It's about the number of games they can get on the red button. Stupid. So they have to split it. So it's about Sky. It's about don't so, like it. Shouldn't happen. Whatevs. Talk about uh, sporting integrity. Just remember that next time the EFL mentioned the word phrase sporting integrity. Because so, <laughs> they will. Uh, right, Mick, let's talk about our, our trip today. We made a trip out to Roundwood. Um, yeah. The Rolling United's uh, women's team's first home game of the season. It didn't go to plan. It was a 5-1 mm. defeat to Chesterfield. Uh, I enjoyed it, though. I enjoyed the day out. I thought the atmosphere was pretty good. Um, <laughs> I, I thought there'd be more people there, to be honest with you. Three quid, it was dead good, right? It did cheap. Yeah. It's a proper cheap afternoon, isn't it? To watch some good football as well. Um, they're, they're a strong side, Chesterfield. They were very, very strong. Um, so, and, and obviously too strong for us today. Um, but uh, yeah, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, not a good start for, for Rotherham. They lost 1 0 last week, 5 1 today at home. Um, we'll be talking about that as the season, as, as the season goes through. And we're not going to stand on this very long. We've already been told off tonight for shouting at referees, Mick. But we've got we've got an example today at the, at the uh, sort of grassroots level of refereeing standards. And we've to, we've talked to somebody in the know. We've talked to people about refereeing before who who know about refereeing. And there is a problem with getting referees into the game. Yeah. And I saw it today that there's a bit of a problem with it because it was a real struggle to watch this game and the officiating. I felt I, I felt sorry for the referee at times. Um, I don't, I, yeah, yeah, I suppose it wasn't a difficult game to referee, it didn't appear to be, it wasn't a nasty game, it wasn't, there was nothing of any significance at all. Mm. Um, I, I don't know whether whether the guy was new or what, so um, he, he didn't have the best of days, um, let's be honest. Um, and and you know, you, you know what it's like, you can. At games like this, when there's not a lot of people there, we were stood there, stood behind the fourth official, and I don't think he knew what was going off either. Um, there were a number of times when he was having a conversation with, with somebody, and he was kind of shrugging his shoulders, not knowing. So, yeah, well, it, it, it's you're absolutely right. It is difficult to get people to do the job, and it's probably difficult. To, one of the reasons it's difficult to get people to do the job is because of people like me shouting them out at full time. I, I, I get that. I do understand that. Um, but it's the nature of the beast. You know, mm. you, 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 you're always going to be, when you're in a position 
whether it be a referee or, or, or any position where you're um, uh, in charge of something, you're supervising something, you're always going to get different opinions and it depends what role you're in as to how those opinions are voiced towards you. Um, so it's something that you've got to deal with and if you can't deal with it, obviously it's not the job's not for you. That is, that, I'm not saying it's right, I'm just saying it, that is a fact whether we like it or not. Um, so it, it, it is difficult and yeah I, I don't know I don't know what the answer is from a from a, a wider standpoint um, but just going back to the, the, the game today um, I, I thought it was really good I thought I thought the quality was very good um, I think I think Rodham United ladies have got some work to do clearly mm. I've got some yeah. work to do um, but um, but yeah, they, 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 there was a period throughout the, in the game. I don't know what that's about. Probably about 10, 10 minutes into the second half, where it was it was it was two 0 and and they really came back into the game. Mm. Really came back in. Um, they, they seemed to ch- change change up a gear, uh, got a goal back, uh, but then unfortunately they weren't able to maintain that level, and it um, and they conceded a couple, and, and heads went down. So um, it's early days for them as a club, as a team. Um, and uh, I, I'm sure there'll be, I'm sure there'll be uh, better days to come this season, without a doubt. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Dennis Reyes scored the goal for Rotherham United women today, and it was a very, very good free kick. Uh, mm. They scored very, very good free kick, and George Warding goal pulled off a couple of really good saves as well. Um, one that called for offside, if you recall, Nick. Uh, <laughs> this was this, this, uh, this, yeah. This was a direct free kick where somebody had a shot. And the kids come straight through the keeper and she's tipped it off at bar and it was a cracking save. And mm-hmm. it offside. <laughs> it went straight to the keeper. <laughs> Brilliant. It was so good. Yeah, it was a bit bizarre, weren't it? it was, yeah. it was, I don't think anybody I think that was I think that was the point that the fourth official turned around and shrugged his shoulders. Okay. Um, so I don't know what's happening. Um, now I, I now I haven't done a refereeing course, but that sounds like a corner to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen, yeah. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they're playing again in two weeks' time on Sunday or Wool Wool 23. So, if you're not, if you're not doing it on, on Sundays, they play at Roundwood. Uh, it was great. Me, Mick, and Ben, I saw my little girl there, we had a, which is a good laugh, yeah, yeah, that football and stuff. Um, listen, you, you can go there, you get in for three quid, you go to New York Stadium, forget how much, how much you pay to get in, but it's two and a half quid for a coffee and. Mm. Three quid for a Mars bar. It were, it were two quid for a coffee and a Mars bar, and I still got ten p change today. So <laughs> <laughs> I've got to be happy with that, mate. Um, it's it's worth it. It's, it's worth a trip down there, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And uh, if you get a bit frustrated at the referee and, you, and you're of the golfing persuasion, you can chuck twenty quid in and go for a round of golf to chill out as well. <laughs> Don't get frustrated at referee because everybody can hear you. That, that was the thing. There was a really thing. There were a few people that sat that sat down in their sort of shed bit at Roundwood, and they were shouting at referee. And the problem is, because there was like hundred hundred people there, it was really really noticeable that somebody was shouting at the referee. Um, yeah, it weren't great that. It, and great. it wasn't why, me. It wasn't me. It wasn't Mick. Unbelievably. Although Mick did get told <laughs> by Ben for shouting. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, yeah that, that's a, that's one reason I didn't go because the last time I went to Roundwood, it was. Um, Sheffield FC against Parkgate, and uh, we were quite quite verbally giving the linesman a bit of grief because he said to us that he couldn't give like do the waving flag thing, yeah. like giving a foul. He says he couldn't do it 
because they didn't have a radio to tell the referee. It's like, well, what's waving flag about for then? That's to tell the referee what's happening. He says, no, no, I can't do that because the referee said not to do that. <laughs> so, so we were quite clearly giving him a bit of grief for it. And then he says to this, um, this fellow who was stood next to him, he went, right, after the game, I'll explain the rules to you. And as soon as Fire Whistle went, he came stomping over from halfway line to go and talk to this fella. And me and Mitchell went, right, time to have nip off. See you later. <laughs> um, so, so I know it might look, I'd be the one giving the referee grief. And they come and have a word with me afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah keep your head down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, again, we've done nearly an hour on a nil nil game where nothing happened. Uh, quite proud of ourselves for that one. Uh, anything else you want to cover before we finish for the international break? Uh, yes, yeah. I'm Ooh, like it. Um, this has just come out from Paul Davis at the Advertiser, and it, it's in regards to Brooke Norton Cuffey playing for England. Um, which, by the way, when was the last time we had a, a, a Rotherham <laughs> player playing for England? Like, I know it's youth level, but still, if anyone knows that, was it really? I was gonna say, yeah, I knows, well, no, he only went play for us when he went to England, did he? No, no, forget that. We haven't. No, Dave Watson, no, he left no, he at Sunderland. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. If it has happened before, let me know. Um, yeah, tweet, yeah. tweet it at me if you know. But anyway, um, so yeah, we are asking the FA if um, he is, well, if asking permission if he uh, can stay in Rotherham and work on his fitness a little bit rather than being risked with the England squad um, because he's got a, um, a, ham- a hamstring niggle that Paul Warren thinks may get worse if he travels with the England squad. Um, so we are planning to ask the FA to excuse him from travelling so he can work on his fitness, uh, which is a shame because he, it'll be his first time moving up to under-20s level. But, you know, you have to think of the player's welfare and mm. if he's staying at Roundwood to work on his fitness a bit, then, you know, that's fair enough. And if Arsenal agree with us, then, you know, that's that's another story. But, yeah, we're doing that apparently. Yeah, uh, it's the, the England setup, the under twenty one setup is very, it's very odd. But the only reason we have an under twenty teams is for the World Cup because there is only an under twenties World Cup. There's no under nineteens or under under twenty ones, so you don't often get an under twenties squad. So they don't really play any competitive games. So they are friendlies. So they may be more lenient to say, yeah, you know, sort of, you know, keep him back because. We don't. We, he's played under nineteen. He just won Euros in the nineteens. They know what he's got, don't they? Yeah. Um, so hopefully, with it being that, it's not like under twenty-one qualifiers or anything like that. So hopefully, they will be uh, they will be more sympathetic to our plea. Although it's the mm-hmm. FA, um, and we're not like. <laughs> um, David Pierce says Trevor Phillips. Mick. Like I don't that? think Trevor Phillips played for England, did he? I'll stand corrected, but I'm pretty sure he didn't. Whether he played at under twenty one level or um, or junior level like that, I bet I wouldn't have a clue. Um but he certainly he certainly weren't in full England squad, definitely not. It says he played he's, he says his national team was England youth, but it doesn't give any further information about that. Unfortunately. Um and then Stephen Adams says Albert Bennett. Anything on that one, Mick? Uh is that England under twenty three or England nineteen twenty three? <laughs> I just had typo, Steve. <laughs> I don't know. Again, means nothing to me that I'm afraid. Albert did play. Yes, very good. Thank you very, very, very good, Stephen Adams. We have a winner. Stephen Adams points call, out Albert Bennett played in 1964. He made one appearance for England under 23s whilst playing for Rotherham United. Wowzers! 
That is a shout and a half. That is proper pub quiz trivia, that, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, we have final one, one final one in the comments. We have uh, Shell Storm. We'll find out. Bobby Mims. Did Wasn't Bobby he um, until he left when he, uh, when he got an international call? 1985, he played for England. Unless there's going to be a crossover here. He played for England under 21s in 1985. He left Rotherham in 1985. <laughs> Uh, well, I think he'd already left. Did he go to Everton, Bobby Mims? He went to Everton, yes, he did. Um, uh, I think 50... it was when he'd gone. Okay. That's going to take him He's not clear on his... We will find out. We'll find All out. right. Cheryl's saying just before he went to Everton, so she's right, she's right. Yeah, I will. Well, if she's right, well, I, I'm more than happy to take Cheryl's word for it. Cheryl, we know, we know Cheryl in the comments, so thank you. We'll, it's a, it's a good call, that Cheryl, but it's not as good as Albert Bennett. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, there we go. There we go. Anything else? Mm, nope, that's it. Not from me. Change of scheduling for the week ahead. We will be live on Wednesday evening to look ahead to the internationals. Now, because the World Cup's coming up, it's about time we have to sort of look ahead to England and what England may look like during the World Cup as well. So we'll cover off. We'll be live Wednesday evening, still the same time, 8 p.m. Well, back to the normal time, 8 p.m., where we're going to look ahead to England's games on Friday night. And I think there's one Monday as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. We'll also talk about Chio, Shane Ferguson. Uh, and their international exploits as well. And should anybody else get called up, we will cover that as well. Um, and then, yeah, we've got a former player coming on to speak to us also this week. We're going to record that later this week. Uh, that will be out the following week. And we are trying to work on a couple of other bits. Uh, <laughs> week or so. um, I'm not going to say what it is, because if it doesn't work out, we'll look like absolute mugs. But I can promise yep. you there are... <laughs> Uh, there are things in the works where we're trying to get some special episodes out, which I think will be special episodes. Um, I think so. I never make things so. I don't know yet. I'll tell you in a minute. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, so thank you everybody who has paid attention, been involved. Please do subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. If you haven't subscribed to an audio podcast or iTunes, Spotify, wherever you want to listen to that kind of stuff, please do subscribe to us on there as well. Danny, are we just getting the pie review from the Middlesbrough game? Uh, yes, I will uh, schedule the vlog to be uploaded tomorrow morning. Um, it won't be 11 o'clock, so it doesn't clash with the Queen's okay. funeral. Um, so I'll schedule it earlier in in the morning. Um, but the pie review will be up probably later tonight, I think, when I've had a look through the footage and and seen how, um, how uh, <laughs> my uh, cameraman's filming's been. <laughs> um, thank you Mick thank you Danny always a pleasure winter national break 8th place go and enjoy it rub it in the face of any, any friends you can find who care about football <laughs> and, uh, yeah let's get our international groove on thank you everybody <laughs> see you next time bye cheers Rebel. vicious What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again! The magic man has come up with another trick! Well, here's a chance to seal it! It's done! It's Georgie Kelly!
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.